Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. One, two, three. Filled with odd fright, see Jurassic right, bathed in ember light, see Jurassic right, see Jurassic right, 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 see Jurassic right, 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 see Jurassic right, 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 see Jurassic right, see Jurassic right, see Jurassic Park. This woman needs no introduction, except I have to turn the page because I was just on another page. A very talented artist, uh, Pickle Maestro, my favorite dinosaur lady. It's Andrea Salat. Oh my God. No, I fucked it up. Damn it. I thought too hard about this. Uh, We had a full conversation. Andrea Siofalo. There we go. See, because I I had to do the other stuff. Whatever. I didn't know you didn't mean it. (laughs) Hi. I think I messed it up on the percast, too, actually, now that I think about it. No, I don't think you did. Okay, good. Yeah. I remember remember you had you like what you said it like three times before we went when we started recording. Oh, yeah. I was like, Siofalo, Siofalo, Siofalo. Yeah, you did a few practice runs, so you didn't you didn't fuck it up. (laughs) (laughs) That was like I've realized I think what I want to do now when somebody's like testing their microphone or at least with C Jurassic Red is Gennaro Gennaro, Gennaro Gennaro, Gennaro Gennaro, you know, <laughs> uh, from Jurassic Park. Cause that's just yeah. like a, like you get into it. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, no and I'm excited. To, well, obviously you're a very talented artist, which I mean, that's how I found you is through the field museum. Mm-hmm. So 
it was so fun when we got to go to the field museum this year together yes. and like, <laughs> I mean, spoilers for later, but, uh, actually offer ham to a giant, uh, <laughs> T-Rex named Sue, which was very fun, but it was just funny. Just us discovering just how much Jurassic park fans, Jurassic park fan friends we are. Cause you had a Jurassic park birthday this year. Mm-hmm. Which is very exciting. But I guess I, before we get into that, because I just feel like I can't think of any other movie where adults have birthday parties. Like, it's like you could have that birthday party as a kid mm-hmm. and that birthday party as an adult. Like, I can't think of any other movie where people do that. Right. Um, I mean, I don't feel like there's that many people yeah. of Star Wars birthdays, even though Star Wars is obviously like even bigger than. Yeah, that's. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like when, like I got the the plates and stuff from Party City, so I'm trying to think like what other displays there were. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's like there's like Mario, like Paw Patrol, one <laughs> other cartoons popular. Like there was I think there was a SpongeBob one, but that's like TV. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, listeners, let us know if you've had like a an Iron Man two birthday or yeah, or like Marvel. Yeah, that would have yeah. That's a, a good question but the reason i picked jurassic park was because jurassic park was also turning 30 and i was turning 30 the same year so oh. it, felt, it felt appropriate <laughs> well that's a great way to tie into my first question because i'm so old uh but i'm not that old but i mean yeah you were born the same year as jurassic park a few months before so then yeah you know because i and i also feel like i was on the very cusp of being able to see Jurassic Park in theaters because I was six. Like mm-hmm. I've talked a lot on this podcast before about it's almost like a flip of the coin. Like if if you were old enough to see Jurassic Park in theaters, which I guess technically I wasn't if it's PG thirteen, but you know the the lax movie security uh, <laughs> let me in. But yeah, it was kind of a flip of a coin if our parent, like if your parents would let you actually go see the movie in theaters, but mm-hmm. you were born when the movie came out. So what is, what's your Jurassic origin story? I knew this question was coming and I don't have a clear answer. So <laughs> like if I watched it, it was probably at home. Um, I think we have the, still have the VHS tape. It's just like a plain, like it, it's not like those, uh, those like jewel cases. They're like, Kind of not yeah. squishy, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like clamshell ones. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. looking for. It's just like had this like the is the logo all black and there's just a sleeve. It was like really simple. So I I wish I remembered. <laughs> I mean, but again, it's like the difference and even just the subtle differences, like age and just kind of, you know, I mean, I feel like it's a lot more common, especially because we grew up sort of in the VHS era. So like I feel like Jurassic Park was such a big you know, there's that person online who just collects Jurassic Park VHS tapes, you know, it's just sort of such such a ubiquitous part of all of our childhoods. But then, so, but then I guess were you, cause you're a bird, bird lady as well. And a lizard lady, which is why you're a dinosaur (laughs) lady amongst also liking dinosaurs. But were you a dinosaur kid growing up? Yeah. I, I like dinosaurs. I, um, like I remember when Sue was unveiled, it was such a big deal. Um, I was already, pretty big like museum goer with like my dad and stuff. And, um, uh, I remember when we went to go see them and they had like the big red banners on the columns outside. I remember that distinctly, like I, uh, and just how like huge Sue was. And it's funny because like, I feel like when you're a kid, everything looks like 10 times bigger 
versus when you're an adult. Um, and Sue is still just like gigantic. Yeah. Like I feel like that never went away. I always like go like walk up to Sue and I'm like, holy shit. No, and then and the new exhibit that we saw together is just I mean, it's just all geared towards making Sue just as impressive as they are. You know, it's just such a great sort of I don't know. We were we were talking before this before on Mike uh just about museum stuff. And it's just I don't know, it's just interesting the way that presentation of museums have evolved uh-huh. over time. Like I think when we were at the Field Museum, our love of the Charles Knight murals is just mm-hmm. so I mean, they're just so, I mean, it's, there's no way around it. It's just like, there. if I could have every mural, like, even if they were just like 11 by 17, I would get the entire set and just put it on a wall. I wonder, like, I think we talked about this when we were at the museum and then we just, I just never looked it up, but I, I should see if like we can get prints somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have to exist somewhere. I know, who would want the, what is it, the ichthyosaurus? He's like, yeah, you know, like their weird face. He's like smiling and like, or no, it was a turtle. He's smiling oh, yeah. and like the ichthyosaur is going to like come and eat him, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so great. So you were a big museum kid, uh, you said, growing up. Yeah, so uh, when my brother was, my brother is like three years younger than me. When he was born, my dad um, kind of made a point to like spend every Saturday with me. Or like, not maybe not every Saturday, but he would like designate days just so I didn't feel like I was getting like forgotten. Oh no! I was the only child until he was born. So Andrea Day. Yeah, it was Andrea Day. So we'd go and do all. You know, you take me everywhere. We'd go to the museum. We'd go to the aquarium. Go to the zoo. Yeah. So I was already getting. uh, I guess. um, Dinosaur pilled. (laughs) Yeah, basically. And my grandma was also big on like taking me places and stuff too, like uh, our like the arboretum and botanical gardens and stuff. So I got to see some stuff when I was a kid. I'm very fortunate for that. Was because you said you went to the. I mean, as a recording, you went to you went to the arboretum today or the botanical garden. Yeah, the, the Morton Arboretum. Um, it's in Lyle, Illinois. It's I don't know how many acres. It's like I got gardens. It's all like oh my god, I'm like trying. Like my brain is not working today. Um, <laughs> A bunch of trees. There's yeah, a yeah, bunch yeah. of trees. <laughs> I was thinking that maybe you were talking about there were some botanical gardens I went with my friend Carly in Chicago, where because I you you know was usually going to Chicago in the fall, they got mm-hmm. a lot of those T Rex and Triceratops skeletons from like Home Depot or whatever and put them throughout. But I think it was, it was some botanical gardens. It wasn't that far outside of Chicago. I mean, it was still in Chicago. Probably, it wasn't the I, Chicago Botanical Garden. Maybe it was maybe that one. But yeah, but yeah it was like, this is fun, you know. Like <laughs> put them in the fern section, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, when you were watching Jurassic Park as a kid, were you like scared of it, or were you kind of the sort of classic, equally enthralled and scared? I don't think I was scared of it. Definitely enjoyed it because I like obviously watch it well into my adulthood. It's like one of my comfort movies. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, no, I don't think I was particularly scared of it. Which I feel like maybe like I don't know if seeing it in theaters makes it seem more scary or not. But even when I saw it again for the 30th anniversary this year, which you did you did you see it again in theaters this year? Well, you saw Princess Mononoke, but no, I think I will. Maybe that's what. Yeah, I did see that, but. Uh, we're going to see uh, Spirited Away, I think, in October, because there's still going through. I think Howl's Moving Castle is playing right now. 
another amazing one, but uh, I think we're going to wait to see Spirit Away in October. So nice. Oh, that's exciting. But anyway, uh, I think I looked into it if they were doing screenings. And I just didn't line up with my schedule. I think they're maybe doing like one day or something. And I was like, damn. I know. Why don't they just put it in theaters every weekend? Right. Like, I feel like it would. Right. Even if it like, yeah, I mean, during lockdown, it, it like when they were just having the drive-in theaters, I think it was like number one at the box office, like at some point during 2020, where it's just like, (laughs) this is just a classic, you know, Mm -hmm. when did you start drawing? Do you know what, like your first thing you ever drew? Was it a dinosaur? Was it a bird? Is it a lizard? (laughs) I don't remember my, my mom keeps everything. So I'm sure she has it somewhere. Yeah. Like everything. She has like my old math tests. (laughs) <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, they're probably very, you know, she's like just the quality of the answers and everything. Yeah. I don't know. So I'm sure that my, like my, my first drawings are floating around somewhere, but I, I did draw a lot of birds, like not even kidding. Um, I spent a lot of time at my grandma's house when I was a kid. Cause she lived like two blocks away and she babysat me a lot and she had a parakeet who I absolutely adored. His name was Charlie. And, um, there's a lot of pictures, like the old drawings of mine that I did of Charlie Aww. and, and penguins. Cause penguins are like, I was obsessed with penguins. I had like Ooh. 400, like penguin stuffed animals, anything with a penguin on it. I wanted, um, so I drew a lot of penguins. <laughs> oh, I love that. I mean, they're just such an interesting, you know, you have two birds, uh, what is it about birds that's compelling to you or what, you know, again, like I loved having you on the percast because yeah, it's like, we, I think there's always kind of like a mammal bias, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in humans. And so I don't know. I always love when, when somebody loves not just mammals, you know, cause it, I mean, that's, I love all animals, but I think, you know, I think sometimes classically people are, do, do have a mammal bias. I think so I didn't really grow up with pets. So I, I think, and I really loved animals. I really wanted to have pets. Um, so Charlie, uh, who I was around a lot was like, you know, kind of like my surrogate pet. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I was like really obsessed with him. And I think that kind of got me on like the bird train cause he was just so, so cute. And he was like really gentle. Um, There's actually a picture of me that where I'm like holding him like a hot dog, basically. Like <laughs> just like letting me do it. And <laughs> That's so cute. And yeah, and then like I, I just I love penguins probably just because they were cute. Honestly, I don't think there's really any <laughs> deep answer for that. I think I just no, no, for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like growing like growing up, I just kind of gravitated towards them a little bit more than you know, say dogs or cats love dogs and love cats, but I've always been more of like a <laughs> Penny. <laughs> Penny's like just tail. It, she, she for a second kind of looked like that meme where it's the lemur tails that look like little dinosaurs. <laughs> you like reverse play them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. And then like Dolores happened, which was like completely like not planned, obviously. She, uh, I found her as a stray and um, this was back in like, oh man, this was like 2018 or 2019. I think it was like 2019. And it was at like the parking lot at my job at the time. It was like where I usually park too. She was just like kind of sitting on the curb and I caught her, stuck her in a box. And my boss at the time took her to the, took her to a, a shelter and no one claimed her. So I ended uh. up adopting her. Cause I just thought it was so weird because like I said, I kind of like the one, like 
animal I was around like when I was a kid was Charlie the parakeet. Um, and then when I was like, I think a senior in high school, freshman in college, I actually got, cause my mom had a parakeet right before I was born. I come from a line of bird people. That's another yeah, yeah, yeah. thing I got to yeah, bring yeah. up. I, like, <laughs> like my great grandpa also had a parakeet that he would literally just walk around town with on his shoulder. He just like chill. Whoa. But, uh, we got my mom a parakeet, um, buddy who's still alive. This bird's Whoa. like 13 years old. Yeah. And, uh, so I, it was just kind of bizarre that Dolores would be sitting on my parking spot it just kind of felt like fate to me so um mm. then i you know obviously i adopted her that i adopted wednesday my other bird and yeah <laughs> well and also i feel like that's how we met or not how we met but like just i feel like when we started chatting more it was just our mutual love of westworld which yes. is also michael Crichton. <laughs> yes I'm still mad that I haven't finished the show because it was taken off of Max. Oh my God. I'm so mad about that. Yeah. But yeah, did you read Jurassic Park or, or that kind of stuff growing up or Michael Crichton? I didn't read Jurassic Park until probably college. Actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. But I, um, I have that in the lost world. I reread it every few years. I want to say they're just such fun books to like reread. And yeah, the, the book plays out so much more like a horror story. <laughs> like Yeah. That like beginning I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Well, and also like the the raptor tunnels, you know, mm -hmm. like the raptor tunnels and the you know if you ever made re remade Jurassic Park, I feel like one thing that I would like to see is when they show the numbers going up of like because the scientists like didn't even think that there could possibly be more than they bred and then they're like yeah. and malcolm's like go up and it's like wait now there's 42 compies or whatever <laughs> also the eggs that the like the glowing radiation eggs that kill the raptors oh yeah when grant is like rolling them in the yes oh that's so cool oh yeah i reread it now did you or as we've slowly accepted that you know birds are dinosaurs was that just like a I don't, even know if, I don't even know if this is a question. I'm just curious about your thoughts on it of like, yeah, like people are are liking birds more now because, you know, yeah. they're more connected to this sort of, you know, fantastic, like dinosaurs sometimes feel fantastical because you yeah. know, they've been dead for. Yeah. They're like, they're like real life monsters, but we just never got to, just never got to see them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't like, it's funny. Cause I'll see that. I was literally watching a video um, that popped up on Instagram of like a shoebill stork, like flying in, you know, what a shoebill stork looks like, right? Yeah. 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 Well, like all the comments the are just the big like, beak or whatever. Oh yeah. <laughs> Those things are like objectively pretty scary looking. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're cool, but I would, they are kind of scary, but, um, all the comments are just like dinosaur. That's a dinosaur. And I'm like, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I just feel like people have like more of an appreciation because birds are like so diverse looking and like just some of them just look so bizarre and it's like they don't look of this earth and it makes total sense. Like, yeah, that's totally a dinosaur. That's like so fantastical looking. I can't possibly like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> real thing. Or like a cassowary, like those things are wild looking. Oh my God. Yeah. Like definitely like it, it makes it so believable. Like, yeah, these are totally, you know, descendants of dinosaurs. Yeah. Secretary birds. You know? Yeah, and secretary words. That's another good example. But like, <laughs> oh my god, I can go on. <laughs> but you spend every day with two birds. Wait, but you also have a foster. Yeah, right. You say, <laughs> wait, is is pot sticker still there or no? Yeah, he is. Uh, he he's so cute. They got well. He is. He is oh my god! I like. I'll just like sit there and watch him and be like, "How is? How are you real? 
Wait, tell people about Potsticker. What type of bird is he? The Potsticker is a diamond dove. He's like parakeet size. And they're originally from Australia. I literally had no idea these these birds could be kept as pets until one of the ladies that I worked with at the rescue was like, hey, would you be interested in taking him? I, you know, thought about you because you have small birds already. And I like had literally had to look this bird up because I was like, I've never I didn't know that these were animals that were in the pet trade, but I guess they are. Um, And he was found outside, like on the side of the road, like and. Yeah, he's just, he he's just so cool. Like, he's got, like, I'll have to, like, I have plenty of recordings of him, but he's got, like, the sound that he makes. You know, we've all heard, like, morning doves and, like, what pigeon pigeons cooing and stuff. He sounds like a wood flute. Oh, wow. Like, I can't, there's no other way for me to describe it. He sounds so cool. And I remember when I first brought him home, and, like, I was already kind of forewarned, like, wait till you hear him. He sounds... Like nothing I've ever heard before. And I, you know, I kind of left him downstairs when I got home and kind of gave him like, gave him some space. And I remember like I was upstairs and I could hear him from downstairs. I was like, (laughs) does he, wait, when you say wood flute, are like, do you mean like the thing, like the eyewitness books in the eyewitness TV show intro, like, do, 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 like that kind of thing? (laughs) Not, not quite that, like, like pan flute. Someone in the comment section on, uh, Great Lakes Pigeon Rescue's post about him said that they sound like ocarinas, and I was like, yes. <gasps> okay. So that's, yeah. I think that's He's the playing the, like, like the song of Storm, like, do-do-do, Yeah, kind of like haunting, though. It's, it's really, like, low. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. They sound really cool. He's just—he's really gentle. He's not like—it's—it's—it's it's, it's different than I don't know. Can you hear the birds right now? Yeah, yeah. You can. Oh god. No, no. It adds to the ambiance. Oh okay. yeah. I was like, I was—I didn't realize that they've been so chatty this whole time. I was hoping that's not going to be like too uh, disruptive. Yeah. But no, it's, we're getting to hear dinosaurs. Yes. On the pod, this is the first episode where we actually have actual dinosaurs on the yes, pod. Yes, so we got dinosaurs on. Yeah. <laughs> on camera. Um. But yeah, they it, they're like this like all the time. Like they're noisy, they scream, and then Potsticker, he'll like occasionally make sounds. Like and they're really quiet. Mm. Like it's just like night and day with like behavior. I think I don't know. He's just he's been a model house guest. I think. Oh. Um, and uh, I was told that he kind of broke the internet this week when they posted him and they've just had to do like first come first serve with applications. I guess he got a small application. So it's only, yeah, it's only a matter of time. I know if I lived closer, I was like, I mean, I don't, I don't know what Penny Lane would think, but yeah, well. he, just, he just looks like such a little, like, like well-meaning gentleman is like, I feel like his advice, like his, his vibe. Yeah. I also had this weird thought right now. I was like, are birds just British dinosaurs? <laughs> Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Again, we, I, I just, you know, the Field Museum is just, is a place I really love so much. It's just, I mean, I literally went, <laughs> I literally went twice, twice on my last trip to Chicago out in May because mm-hmm. I, I, uh, past guest Yara Haridi and my friend M, because Yara works there. So I got to go behind the scenes and then we did like a proper, proper field museum day which was so much fun but again actually how i found you was that you did art for the museum so yeah i don't know talk about that what was that like uh it was it was through like a con it was a contest is they were looking for new designs for sue's rogue 
online merch account. <laughs> That's, it's such a wild, like, Sue is so, I mean, I feel like the science community, like, positively impacted by Sue because it was, I guess, for anybody who doesn't know who Sue is, although I feel like most people who listen to this podcast do... Sue was, I mean, that's such a great way to describe it, a rogue social media account of this specific dinosaur. It's the most complete T-Rex skeleton ever found, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was like second guessing myself there. But, and then just Sue is just this, I don't know, it's just hilarious, progressive, thoughtful, funny. I just feel like could do a lot of things that a regular museum social account couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they did. They even did rogue merch too. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what was that like? And again, as far as like your art goes, like, what was it like? I'm going to pull it up again. Cause I, I feel like I haven't seen it in a while, but oh, I'm wearing, <laughs> I'm wearing my own merch right now. Yeah. Like, show it off. I'll show it to you. I'll show it to you on camera. Yeah. Oh God, hold on. So it's the theropod revolution and you have two penguins at the bottom and then you have a bunch of birds on the top. And one of them, which you pointed out to me, which I did not notice when it first came out for my favorite murder listeners, we have Canuck the crow or basically a crow holding a knife on (laughs) top of a uh, T-Rex skeleton. Yeah. Did I describe it all correctly? So the penguins at the bottom were actually, I don't remember the names of the penguins from the the shed aquarium, but... In 2020, when everything was locked down, they had like the penguins like exploring Chicago and they had them run through the field museum. So those are the two penguins from the Shed Aquarium. And then I think these other three, yeah, these other three are just pigeons, Chicago pigeons. And then I have a uh, peregrine falcon and then Dolores is is right here. Yeah, I had to throw her in there. It's wild to think back on that because I'm really not like, I'm not like a big graphic designer. But I really had to think like a graphic designer for this. Yeah. So it was kind of like out of my comfort zone. And I submitted it kind of like, yeah, I don't know about like, you know, <laughs> who knows? And then I got like an email and I was like, what? That's so exciting. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's just it's just such a cool piece. And again, talking about the link between modern day dinosaurs, birds, and then dinosaurs, it's just such a like brings it all together. And then I, I'm sure why so many people loved it is it just brings together that that Sue vibe of like, I mean, again, we had brought a ham to Sue. And when we posted on social media, Sue was like, you two will be spared, you know, like during the revolution, uh, which just made my day, my month, my year, you know? Yeah, I, I think that's the second time Sue spared my life. I think the first time was after this design came out. Yeah. So you got two. You got two. Yeah. So you- I got two pardons from... <laughs> From our, from our theropod overlord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The terror bird, the murder bird. Yes, it's so great. Yeah, so yeah, that's so exciting. And then yeah, it was just like they're like, cool, we're gonna put this on stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, I was kind of surprised, like that they didn't like run the contest again. I kind of just, like got a vibe that they were gonna like maybe switch the designs out at a certain point. But as far as I know, they're still up. <laughs> That's <Wow>. amazing. <laughs> yeah, so we'll put a link to that, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, how would you describe your art style? And you do tons of pet portraits. You did uh, Samba and Tango, uh, mm-hmm. Sarah Iyer's uh, cats. When was that? Christmas 2019? Uh, no, that was, I think... 2020? I think that was 2021. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, 
but yeah, what got you into that particular style and like, cause you've drawn or painted so many types of things. What is it like, I guess, different from like trying to draw something or graphic design something? That's a really good question. I think because with my painting style, I'm kind of more leaning towards like realism. When I kind of switch over to like graphic design, or even if I'm switching to gouache, because gouache, I have, I like, you know, you can't get the details that you can necessarily get with oil. I mean, you can, but it's kind of more difficult too than if you're working with oil paint. Um, but just like flipping that switch sometimes is really difficult for me just because I paint so much. So when I have to do something graph design related, which isn't super often anymore, but it's kind of like, Oh God, like I, I don't even know where to begin. With this. Wait, what's gouache? I don't even know what that is. Oh, gouache is it's like how I describe it is if watercolor and acrylic paint have a baby, it's like an opaque watercolor paint. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. So it's, so you can like water it down and kind of like paint it like a watercolor where it's more like translucent, but it goes on like really opaque. So it's like it, it, the, the, the technique is a lot different than, than oil paint, I would say. Cause it's, it's more like a quick drying medium versus oil paint where you, it, you know, kind of takes a little bit more time to dry. Um, so you have a little more time to like work with the paint. Yeah. Whereas like gouache, you have to like really think about what you're doing because you don't really have a lot of room to like make mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. That one's really fun. It, it, take, it took me a while to get used to gouache. It's, it's very finicky. I think a lot of people either love it or they really don't like it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I mean, in my head to me, like oil painting is like, it's like if dinosaurs painted, they would paint with oil. Like it just feels like such a like a classical medium. Uh -huh. I mean, I don't know any other oil painters. You know, like yeah. <laughs> what what made you want to paint with oil? So I in college, I wanted to take oil. Like I hadn't really painted before, maybe like 2015. Yeah, I took like a painting class in in high school, but it was like I think it was taught by like an English teacher, and she was just kind of like let's go to the computer lab and you can pick out a picture and you can just like straight up copy it. And then we, just... <laughs> <laughs> so it was, I didn't learn it. I didn't learn any like technique from, from that class. Um, but in college I did want to take painting classes, but they were so expensive. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, most art classes I would argue are expensive, but the, um, I just remember looking at the materials list and being like, I don't know if I can swing this. And I was already taking drawing classes with um, one of my professors, Oscar, and he was like the printmaking professor. And he was like, you should take my printmaking class. And I was like, okay. So I took printmaking and I loved it. So I did that like for the rest of my college career. And I didn't touch painting until after I graduated. <laughs> and I remember uh, mentioning that like, I want to try oil painting um, now that I was out of school uh, and had like, you know, some income <laughs> yeah yeah and as a graduation gift uh my partner's parents actually got me uh a, like a pretty hefty gift card to the the art supply store so i could get oh, yeah. my materials for it, which is very nice of them but yeah and then i was kind of like self-taught from there i like looked down like you know i was kind of like the university of youtube basically to, like, <laughs> to myself i was thinking about how i would like to take like just like a structured painting class one day maybe i'll find one but just so I, just so I could, maybe I'll learn something new. Yeah. But yeah. And then I just like dabbled in it for a while. And, um, you know, once 2020 hit, I was, I had taken a few pet portrait commissions before, but, um, once 2020 hit and I like got laid off from my job, I had a ton of time to, 
kind of like just experiment more and like paint more. So I was like posting about it more. So more people were interested. And I kind of, I took like a ton of commissions out. You're just wild to think about considering just like how a lot of people were financially struggling. I didn't think that, you know, anyone would want to spend any money on a painting. So. (laughs) Well, they're so good. They're so good. Oh, thank you. But yeah, it's just kind of weird how that all. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I was, and again, you've, you've painted birds dogs cats but i was thinking because i was remembering that your favorite dinosaur is a therizinosaurus mm-hmm. is it because it looks so much like or at least in like a lot of modern depictions like in jurassic world dominion it's like even though it, lo- it looks like i don't even know how to describe it there it's it's such a different looking dinosaur mm-hmm. yeah this, this I, I think the first time i heard about it and like saw like an artist run of it, I was like, well, "What the hell is this?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in a lot of uh, the depictions, um, they give them like a pot belly because they think that that like they need to have a big gut in order to digest all the plant matter that they were eating. Yeah, at least I think that's that's why. Um, so it has this huge pot belly. It's got like kind of like a longer neck, I would say, um, kind of like a beaked beaked mouth. And it's got these like giant, like Freddy Krueger hands (laughs) and, and you look at it and think like, oh yeah, that's like a meat eating dinosaur. And it's not, and it's huge. It's just, it's just such a weird looking dinosaur. I, every time I see like, (laughs) every time I see a picture of one, I'm like, oh, not not a real picture. (laughs) I just love it. I'm like, look at this. Look at him. (laughs) Did you like how it was depicted in Jurassic World Dominion? Not really. Oh, really? Interesting. No, tell me more. I want to know more. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm no, no. Sorry. I just, I think they, I, I didn't hate it, but because I, I have to remember that like Jurassic Park, I think it's a, at the end of the day, it's kind of like a monster movie. Yeah. So, you know, I understand that their, their need to make them look scary and, you know, but I, I just remember... <laughs> Before, like, because in the trailer, you don't really see them. Yeah. You just see, like, the hands, which is all I needed to see. I was really excited. But um, <laughs> but I remember when the toys came out and I, like, went to the toy section at Target because I was like, oh, I want to see the, the Therizinosaurus toy. And I was like, look what they've done to my boy. And like, <laughs> I was going to say, it looked, it looked too much like, maybe it's just the toy, but it looked too raptor-like to me. Yeah. Like it looked like they they took like a raptor, they gave it kind of more like a raptor looking face and like gave it kind of like that beaky looking mouth, but and a slightly longer neck, but I just it just looked too it just the body just didn't look didn't have yeah. the pot belly, but like, you know, again, monster movie, why would they give him something that goofy? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it also just speaks to that it speaks to that notion that obviously Jurassic Park was made in 1993. And even mm-hmm. though that movie was, you know, obviously very cutting edge at the time, even though it had like, you know, the Dilophosaurus, which doesn't have a, fr- you know, it doesn't have that fan neck or anything like that, mm-hmm. that in a weird way, like Jurassic Park, I mean, that's been such a big discussion in the Jurassic community is like, do we want updated dinosaur designs that match with the times? Or do we want to just sort of make sure all the dinosaurs are consistent with each other? Yeah. So I feel like in some certain design, certain dinosaur designs almost kind of suffer because they can't, mm-hmm. 
they can't be more not even like realistic necessarily, but just like everything kind of has to look like it's in the same world. Yeah. And that makes sense, especially with like T-Rex and the Raptors, especially in like, you know, we have like a reoccurring character, Blue. Like, yeah. You know, they can't update Blue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Blue has feathers. Whoa. It grew feathers. She grew feathers. Yeah. No, I totally get that. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it feels like Jurassic so far in this franchise, that's been kind of one of the weirdest little sticking points because the first movie was so edutainment kind of mm-hmm. had that out, had that streak through it, you know? Mm-hmm. And we like, I mean, I've been sitting here like thinking about everything I've talked about with Therizinosaurus, like worried that I'm t- talking about very outdated information because stuff updates so quickly. Like people yeah. find out new things all the time and you know, how do you keep up with that in like a movie franchise like that? You really can't. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Like you almost have to sacrifice the accuracies for consistency because like I said, like you can't, you can't just like slap some feathers on blue, like three movies in. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's so funny because I was just thinking about, I just realized both, both you and I, our favorite dinosaurs are one very specific thing in common, which is their vegisauruses that have a, I was going to say a dangerous apparatus, but have uh, something about them that is like weapon-like. Cause my favorite dinosaur, the Shanosaurus is the sauropod with a, with a spiked tail, mm-hmm. which is like also very unique in the sauropod world. I think mm-hmm. it's the only sauropod with a spiked tail. Mm-hmm. And then you have the Therizinosaurus, which is like, Again, Vegisaurus, but it has the big claws. So it's, I don't know. I just, I just, I just realized that right now that I'm like, oh my gosh, that's why Andrea and I get along so well. We like the Vegisauruses with uh, things that the could dangerous kill. Dangerous Vegisauruses. Yes. <laughs> forbidden, <laughs> forbidden Vegisaurus. Yes. Maybe that's why I like the carnivorous plants so much too. It just doesn't make any sense. It just like, contra- they were like a contradiction. Yeah. <laughs> I've always liked Shenosaurus because I just like, you know, I'm just a sucker for long necks. Mm-hmm. And, but I like that this has like, I mean, because over the years we've paleontologists have theorized, wow. Um, yes, us personally. <laughs> yes, us personally. We've sat around the fire, you know, with our, with our um, pipes and our top hats and theorized about dinosaurs. <laughs> but like the idea that like sauropods could potentially have cracked their tails like whips, you know, yeah. and just like broken the neck of like an Allosaurus or something, yeah. you know, during the Jurassic period. But, uh, but I like that the Shenosaurus, I, I mean, if you, if you, if you want to imagine it, I feel like Ankylosaurus or Eucephalus, I've never learned, I've never known how to pronounce that dinosaur's name, but all the Ankies, I just call them Ankies, all the <laughs> Ankylosauruses, there was Ankylosauruses in Jurassic world. Mm-hmm. Fallen Kingdom, and I think there's one in Dominion, and then in the- I kind of sworn there was one in Dominion, but I haven't seen it in a minute. So, and then JP three, and it's like you know, there's just the the tur- you know turtles, but you know, convergent evolution things with shells, whatever. They're not yeah. even shells. What do you call it? It's just got a plated back. Yeah, <laughs> but then it has the spiked tail, not like the Stegosaurus, you know, but like this, just like the shorter kind of clubs. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so to me, the like. I don't know why I always admire that in the Shenosaurus where it's like, he's, they're kind of like a, they're on the smaller side, you know, they're like, kind of like, you know, they're, I feel like they're like, they're not quite, they're kind of like Brachiosaurus. Again, I'm just describing for the listeners, but like, they're more like Brachiosaurus where it's like the front legs are longer. I was like, how am I describing these sauropods? But you know, there's Mm -hmm. like the, the seesaw 
sauropods where it's like almost like their head and their tail are like equal length. And then there's the mm-hmm. ones that are like a little bit. Now I'm just demonstrating for, <laughs> for Andrew on camera. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I just like, I like gentle creatures that aren't afraid to like fuck shit up once in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, so you had a Jurassic Park birthday party this year. Oh, I did. Tell me everything. So it was like I didn't go like ham on the decorations, but we went and got like the plates. I think we got like a few. Oh, na- we got the napkins, and then I got like a banner that said like "Happy Birthday." And then in the middle there was like a blank spot, and they gave you like numbers so you can like stick them on there. And then I got a uh, a bunch of like little dinosaur figures <laughs> for my cake. I didn't say, like I said, I didn't go like all out because those things, those like little themed like party things are like surprisingly very expensive. But <laughs> we also did, it was like a half and a half birthday because my friend Caleb also has the same birthday as me. So he was staying with us because he lives in St. Louis. So he's staying with us that weekend. And uh, so like we did like, we got some like Sonic themed things too. So like, well, I mean, <laughs> Caleb's birthday too. And he likes Sonic. So I picked up like a Sonic like cake topper for him and stuff. So it was kind of like a combo birthday. <laughs> but I mean, I feel like you could see, or I guess because Mario has dinosaurs, like in Mario Odyssey. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you could, I feel like I could see Sonic running next to some dinosaurs. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I just I just love the idea that you had a Jurassic Park like again, I don't feel like I know anybody that had I mean, I'm sure people I know had Star Wars birthdays, but like it just feels like, yeah, it's like they're always gonna have Jurassic Park stuff at Party City or whatever. Yeah. And it just felt like uh I obviously for the most part, kids are gonna be this is gonna be for like kid parties, so it kind of felt like a like a good way to you know, say sign art on my twenties. Yeah. <laughs> by uh becoming a dinosaur becoming a yeah becoming a dinosaur and i should have worn my mask for this interview oh yeah <laughs> your thursday yeah 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 for the listeners i i for your birthday i got you a therizinosaurus mask and claws i've been trying to figure out i don't know if i told you this yet i've been trying to figure out how because i don't want to just like keep it in like the box i want to like put it on my wall 
Oh my god! And, like kind of make like a mount for it, kind of look, <laughs> make it look like a head mount. Like I like killed this Therizinosaurus and all. <laughs> you <laughs> so hunted was, it, yeah. Also, like paper you monster. It, I think, but. You're like Steven Spielberg. Remember when that photo was going around of like this hunter killed the Triceratops? Yeah. Oh my god. And people were like, you know, how could he? You know. <laughs> so that's I'm, I'm gonna eventually do that with the with the mask. Oh, I love that. That's so fun. <laughs> but yeah, it just felt very. That was very fitting with the Jurassic Park theme party too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just like it felt like fitting to like kind of wrap up my my 20s by kind of like embracing my inner child a little bit yeah dinosaur theme party (laughs) i love that so much yeah that's so it's funny i've been talking to a lot of those people i talked with like brad over at the jurassic park podcast about this and the barbie movie has like a part of it this isn't a spoiler for the barbie movie but there's just like i don't know an element of actually this might be a spoiler for the barbie movie do you not want it do you want it to be spoiled (laughs) it's just there's an element of like adults playing with toys or just sort of enjoying childlike things, you know, perceived childlike things. And to me, I've always felt like dinosaurs are just enjoying dinosaurs is like, or enjoying sharks or going to natural history museums or things are just ways that we, we maintain a bridge or an access to those elements that keep us curious about the world. No big deal. You know, just, just sort of a more greater existential thing, but I don't know. That's, I don't know how, how you feel about it, but that's just how like, yeah, when we're at the museum, it was just like, Oh, we're learning. Like we, like we get to share, you know, a love of this, like Charles Knight and the dinosaurs. And, Mm -hmm. but just that idea of, yes, kind of staying in touch with, you know, the parts that keep us curious and open-minded about the world. I don't know. I don't, how do you feel about it? I don't know. That's like, that really hits the nail on the head. It's like, like you're experiencing like childlike wonder when you go to like a museum like that. Um, And for me personally, who like grew up going there, like it's kind of like, Oh, like this like special place in my heart. Like it's like, and it's like exhibits I've seen a million times. Like, I think we're talking about, I know we didn't get to see the mummy exhibit when we were there, but um that i mean i don't think that exhibit's been updated in like 30 years <laughs> so, it's like very outdated so like you go through you're seeing the exact same thing you saw like you know a decade ago you know and it's still like it's exciting to walk through and like re- yeah. you know reread some of the 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 stuff that's in there and yeah i don't know i just like it never gets old for me and i'm glad because um you know, I go pretty, not super frequently, but I go like a few times a year. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, a, it, I always get really excited when we like, I like plan a trip to go. And especially if I have new exhibits growing up, I like kind of lost that part of myself for a while. Like where, mm-hmm. where, you know, maybe didn't necessarily excite me as much as it did as I was when I was a kid versus now. And I'm just glad to have that, you know, be like experiencing it like through that lens again. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is exciting. This is this is cool. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I was gonna say, I feel like we you have we have to go together again in November because the Spinosaurus is there now. Yes. I'm oh my god. So I <laughs> when we were at Margaritaville hearing about like Rest in peace, Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, rest in peace, Jimmy Buffett. And I thought this was like <laughs> I was like Oh, okay. So in the next like year, they're going to have this. And then they like announced it like three days later. Yeah. <laughs> Where is this coming? I was like, oh, okay. this is happening right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like I've amended it because 
I had a Sea uh, Jurassic Right meetup in November of 2018. And I believe the Sioux exhibit like opened in December, the new brand new Sioux exhibit. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I had just missed Sue no. the last time I was at the field. So it's like, because I, I mean, I technically have two plans to visit Chicago al- already, you know, in November mm-hmm. and then January of next year. So it's like, I'm not going mi- to, like, I'm not going to just, you know, not miss uh, the Spinosaurus for like another few years. Does it have a name already or no? Yeah, I think they picked uh, Sobek. They did like a voting. Oh, that's right. You sent it to me. I didn't get to vote because I was too late, but. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. I think the name means crocodile. Oh, that's fun. Or maybe that's one of the other names. I can't remember. Oh my God. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, well, we'll see in. in yeah, but okay. his name is Sobek. And they already have, uh, like, you know how they'll do like the film museum, will do the videos of Sue yeah. in like the inflatable T Rex costume. They have like a Spinosaurus costume too so the two of them are right running around oh i didn't even know they made a spinosaurus costume I didn't know either. that's so, hilarious yeah because yeah. there's that iconic sort of inflatable dinosaur costume they have a blue one you know mm-hmm. but i didn't know that they made a spinosaurus one that's yeah, awesome I didn't, I didn't either i wonder if it was like custom made or something i don't know yeah cute. <laughs> i mean i was gonna say too I was going to say, ask, whatever. Just notice I say that a lot as a transitionary term. But also you showed me that you have an extinct animal on you too, which is very cool. Oh, yes. My passenger pigeon. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, I just, uh, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. There's something, something interesting about animals that have gone extinct, not in our lifetime in particular, but like within the last, you know, a few hundred years, there's something Mm -hmm. kind of very melancholy about that. When, when did you, was that? Was that just born out of your love of birds and dinosaurs, kind of? Yeah, and I, I I hadn't gotten a tattoo in a while, so I was, like, really racking my brain over what I wanted. And I knew I wanted to be, like, probably some sort of bird. But, I mean, there are so many birds that I like. Like, which yeah, one yeah. could I possibly pick? So, Every single um, bird. Yeah, all, all, all of them. Every, yeah, yeah. <laughs> First of all, I wanted one that not many people would have. Yeah. And I kind of like the idea of doing an extinct bird as a kind yeah. of like a commemorative piece. Not the dodo. <laughs> I thought about the dodo, but. Because I was going to say, I thought maybe you would like the dodo because they kind of look like a Therizinosaurus a little bit, like a kind of a dopier, cartoonier version of them. <laughs> like, uh, I thought about it, but I just where it was going, I didn't think it would like fit as well. But um, yeah, I, I thought about the passenger. Pi- I thought about the Carolina parakeet, too. But the passenger pigeon story is just so sad um (laughs) (laughs) and it was very uh impactful to me to like read about just because they're i mean uh, like you said like it was one of those species that didn't die in our own lifetime but it was you know 100 years ago yeah when they died out it just happened so quickly and there used to be so many of them and and I love pigeons. Like I have a pigeon yes. in my house. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Literally, right now, you have an adorable little dinosaur pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I settled on that, and um, the artist that did it is uh, Nicole Dalton um, in Chicago. She's amazing. She's Nicole underscore Renee underscore Art on Instagram for those who want to look her up, but. Yeah, I'm like obsessed with it. She did such a good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's just, I don't know. There is, because I think about a lot about my friend Christina, who has been on this podcast before. And I, in my head, I kind of associate her with the uh, 
thylacocene, which is that like Australian dog creature. Uh, that's the Tasmanian tiger, right? Yeah, the Tasmanian tiger. Yeah. And it's just like the idea that we have like footage of it and it's extinct is just like, yes. ugh, like it, hurt, it hurts, you know, it like hurts to, more. Yeah. And yeah. It's like really old footage. Well, and I was telling you a story related to the passenger pigeon that for the longest time as a kid, and I actually, I think you're the only person who I've told this story to because it was just such a random, bizarre thing. But as a kid, I thought I saw a passenger pigeon and was like trying to tell my parents to like, who do I tell? Like, where's the scientist? You know, like I have to like, there's like, I saw an extinct animal alive again. It's like, you know, I don't know. I'm just curious if other, I don't know if you've ever like, I mean, it's just such a very specific thing. Like I must've just learned about them in school or something because uh-huh. it's like, why? Like that's such a wild I don't know. Maybe other people have experience of like, I saw an extinct animal. I know what I saw, Um, you know, kind of thing. Like, it's funny you say that because I think when I was doing like, I was just, uh, I think it was when I was working on, um, I have like this big passenger pigeon art piece that I've been like slowly chipping away at. Um, But I was like doing a little bit of research on them. And I ended up on this like forum of like, passenger pigeon sightings and they're like what you think it is it's like very blurry low resolution photos like see it could be your big <laughs> it's your big foot yeah it's like bigfoot footage <laughs> well except bigfoot's not real sorry <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh that's wild that's interesting so yeah you could have asked them i guess you could have told them <laughs> on my like dial-up internet yeah them. back in the day <laughs> Yeah, that's so, I don't know. It just was a weird, I mean, but again, I'm sure the person who first, like, first discovered the coelacanth again, you know, speaking of other extinct animals or formerly. Oh my God, yeah. I mean, I have such a clear image of this. I don't know why, like, it was my dad's house in Orange County and because he had just moved from Pasadena to, to Orange County. So he was up on a hill, like, overlooking all of Anaheim Hills where I, where I, where my mom's house was. And I was like in the backyard, probably like sitting there reading Jurassic Park or, you know, because my dad used to make us uh, on Sunday mornings. We'd have to read for like two or three hours uh, oh, I love and, we, that. and then we could do whatever. It was always like have breakfast out on the patio, out in the backyard. And then we had to read and like reading outside. I feel like that's why it's kind of almost hard for me to read at home because I got so used to reading outside mm-hmm. and then or like reading when I lived in London, like reading on the train. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, like I. I was like, I think I was, I think everyone was inside for some reason. And then I saw like a pigeon that maybe again, I was reading something about passenger pigeons and just like how they went extinct and everything or how we, we, we killed them. We killed them all. And, um, Penny's trying to say hi. Hi, Penny. My little Tasmanian tiger. Yes. (laughs) Oh, look at her. But then, yeah, like I saw like a pigeon or just some type of dove or whatever, like, fly onto like the corner of the backyard, like where the metal fence met the brick or whatever. And I was like, (gasps) I mean, and this was like, you know, before, like before digital cameras, like, you know, it was like, do I have an instant camera? Yeah. Well, and I guess this kind of, this has been so much fun chatting kind of maybe tying into my last question. This is maybe loosely tied in. I don't want to obsess with transitioning. It's such a podcast trope. Uh, this is a question I used to ask a lot of people, like when I first started the podcast. And I feel like uh, since this is your first time on, it would be fun to ask you. But like, would you go to Jurassic Park if it was real? Oh, man. 
<laughs> probably yeah <laughs> if i could afford it because I, I think that's out of my tax bracket like people that attend jurassic park <laughs> look it's a coupon day okay yeah, it's not a coupon day but yeah, i definitely wouldn't be in that like demographic of people <laughs> but yeah if you could if you could go you know my, spared no expense you know yes <laughs> it's your birth it's your you know it's it's you know another birthday and yeah <laughs> but yeah i think i'd go i i, I think i'd definitely go even if, you know, if also, I guess the follow-up question is if you had to die by a dinosaur, how would you want to go? Definitely not by raptor. Um, you don't want one of your, you don't want uh, one well, of your birds to take you, because you've, <laughs> se- you've, you've seen first-hand birds eat. With, like, I'm sure dinosaurs probably eat in a similar way. Yeah. Just like, you know, just like get pecked to death. Or, yeah. Or like yeah. Tooth- yeah, definitely not raptor, because that's not slow, painful, and horrible. If we're talking about the way the raptors do it in Jurassic Park, yeah. the movie, probably by T-Rex, I want to be fast. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be gulped in one. Yeah, just in one bite. I want to be quick. <laughs> I know. I, I feel like, I mean, I've asked that question on this podcast, and, I've, and I feel like I've never really had a great answer. Although, like, I mean, getting whip cracked by, like, a diplodocus tail just sounds like... Yeah. And then you just get, like, yeeted into the sun, you know? <laughs> just, you know, because they would... They, or just, like, crushed by the biggest dinosaur in the park. Just, like, stepped on. Yeah, I, I think my answer usually is, like, yeah, getting stepped on, like, Carter in Lost World, where he's just like, ah, and he gets stepped on <laughs> by the T-Rex. I feel like we talked about this when we were at the museum, where someone was, like, someone was speculating on whether or not like the bigger dinosaurs would even regard us. Oh yeah. Yeah. When they were walking. No. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. Cause it's like, well, I mean, is the, is the elephant being afraid of mice thing? I've just thought about this right now. I'm like, is yeah. that even true? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. It's like a wives tale. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Is it a mouse that pulls out the lion's thorn? Anyway, <laughs> these are fairy tales. They're not real. We're talking about <laughs> real things like being stepped on by dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was thinking about like, you know, like a titanosaur, for instance, like absolutely gigantic. Like, would they like when they're walking around, would they even like care if they stepped on us or not? Yeah. No. That- or would they just kind of, like go about their business or would they avoid stepping on us? Yeah. Because you know? it, it's like a thing with cheetahs where cheetahs are actually very fragile and so they tend to be very skittish because like if a cheetah breaks its leg it's it's screwed you know it mm-hmm. can't which is why like at the san diego zoo and the safari park they have the emotional support dogs for all the cheetahs because it like, yeah. makes them make them feel comfortable because it's like but yeah like how fragile were sauropods or is or are they just kind of like lumbering beasts kind of just like right you know just breaking through the trees and stuff uh-huh like i kind of feel like i don't know i i like kind of feel like they would just like wouldn't care yeah you know like being that size i mean that's kind of how like i was gonna say that's how tall people are <laughs> <I'm> just kidding <laughs> uh, just slumbering through life no um i just was looking up uh i guess this is an article published in live science in 2020 December of 2020 says that uh, Diplodocus, Diplodocids could whip their long sinuous tails as fast as a big rig cruising down the highways at 62 miles or 100 kilometers per hour. A new study. Huh. Oh, because some people used to think it could break the sound barrier, <laughs> which oh, is like wild. I remember that growing up. But yeah, I mean, 62 miles per hour is still. That's a lot of damage. I insert that sound clip. That's a lot of damage. You know, like 
Ugh. But again, like, I, yeah, for some reason, I just love the idea of, I mean, even though I have a little murderous uh, mammal <laughs> in my house, I didn't even. <laughs> Look at her. She's so dangerous. She's so dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I just love gentle creatures that can buck shit up. Mm-hmm. You know? So <laughs> does that describe me? I don't know. <laughs> I think that's why I love Ocapis. They're just the goth giraffes that just hang yes. out in the forest, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, but yeah. Well, thank you so much, Andrea. This has been so much fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad we got to finally talk on the podcast. I've been such a fan. I know. Of- We've been talking about this for like a year. Yeah. Maybe not a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I've been such a fan of your art for, for such a long time. So oh, thank you. I'm just glad that I got to learn all the, or learn a lot about it. So, uh, but yeah, thank you, Andrea. Um, where can people follow you, find you, support you, all that good stuff. Uh, strange word art on Instagram. I mean, I don't really use Twitter anymore. <laughs> I don't like exists. And, uh, strange word on TikTok. I try to post on TikTok when I feel like it, but it's just, it's not worth my energy most of the time. <laughs> Look, we've all, we've all, uh, you know, we're growing, we're learning, we're becoming dinosaurs. Yeah. Like becoming, <laughs> oh, we never talked about becoming a fossil and how we can't become a fossil. Oh, that's right. Well, that's just, we don't need, it's just so depressing. We don't need to. Yeah, yeah we don't need to hear about that. Yeah, but you manifested it. So you will become a fossil. One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we wrote it down. Yeah, yeah. It happened. Well, thank you so much, Andrea. And no everyone else, hold on to your butts until next time. <laughs> thank you.